Here we go. Here we go. Oh. Just I think that was just a little one hitting it with all of its might. Still a really bad way to start the 2021 podcast season. Yeah, on but here whiff. we are. On a whiff. <laughs> it's not the first time I'll swing at a, you know, a swing and miss, and it won't be the last. What do you always tell your customers? You miss 100% of the fish you don't swing at? That's a Michael Scott quote. <laughs> also Wayne Gretzky. Quoting Michael Scott. Of course, of course. <laughs> Made more famous by Wayne Gretzky. Uh, so I guess I, I want to apologize to, well, to the listeners for last season. I was, I was lewd. I was, I was crude. I was rude. And, uh, you know, I made a couple of bad jokes there. I'm very nervous right now. I'm, I'm real sorry. That was bullshit of me to do that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Very sorry. I hope you can forgive me. I think you're... I don't think you're a man who's going to change a whole lot. What do you mean? Between now and, like, 75. <laughs> you think I'm just some grumpy old man? Yeah. Well, I just wanted to say I'm sorry, guys. Hey, all's forgiven. All's forgotten in 2020, man. <laughs> <laughs> We're past that shit. <laughs> shit. <laughs> Oops. Uh, this is Walleye Talk. My name is Dan Ryan. I'm Will Newer. It is. Uh, what is this thing? This podcast? Yeah. It's a fishing podcast. What do we, I mean? We do fishing podcasts. Me, you do fishing podcasts every week. Pretty much every week. From, from now until the middle of october we had a we had a big hiatus here long one i felt like it was perfect though i know we think about jumping in in the middle but we just <clears throat> you know it's more more just the experience you know the the excuse to hang out with each other yeah and put together something that doesn't make a whole lot of sense uh, you know but a lot happens and you know what has it been four months a lot happens a lot happens but now is the right time to be back it's 45 degrees uh, early March. Son of a... <laughs> when did that start happening? <laughs> little pre-ad. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> uh, now is the right time. Weather's turning. Everybody, everybody is thinking about boat stuff oh yeah Man, myself included they just everybody gets so excited about ice fishing and they forget about how it's not nearly as much fun as open water fishing but it's different that's it the different. big it's just a little bit different you get more one-on-one -on -one action there's some weeds there i guess it's more one-on-one -on -one action it's you versus that fish that's directly below you instead yeah. of me versus this entire school of fish you know yeah. yeah but i think i'm just saying i think our timing was perfect and we're, where are we right now we're out fishing. We're out fishing. Beautiful early spring day, late winter. Sap's starting to run. Yep. And uh, we're going to do our first podcast out here. We're trying to catch some, some yellow perch and some maybe some giant brown perch. <laughs> the red-eyed ones? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, what do we got going on today? I mean, <clears throat> this might end up being... Oh, that's a brown one. I'll get your what we were just talking about. 
And that's got to be a brown one, doesn't it? Yeah, unless there's a pike, but I don't think... I haven't caught a pike here. Are you going to stick your hand in this thing? Yeah. No. I'm not afraid. They've got tiny mouths, though, and they got hooks in there. Be careful. <laughs> well, what's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to have to pull it out, and I'll pass out, and... Then when I wake up, you'll just put it, pull it out of there. Not everybody has to do that. You don't. You got good color. I didn't get a good look at what it was, but I. You get your close. Oh, it's a gator. Is it? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> this is exciting. I have never caught a northern here. Fishing here two years. First, first worthwhile bite though. Oh yeah. It's it's a good one. I'm excited. I mean, it's not a 40 incher, but. It's a podcast we can lie. <laughs> <laughs> Are you still going to grab it even yeah, though it's a gator? Yeah. Wow, that's nice of you. I would expect you to do it for of the me. Ice. Oh. oh, go down, go down. You got to, there we go. Now come up. Now come up. Up. I try it. Just pull him up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it is. Back it up. Here he comes. That's a nice one. Ah! Watch your hands. There's hooks in its mouth. Look at how plump he is. Well, maybe I'm not going to help you. <laughs> Can't get my hand on him. There he is. Hey! Nice one. This is really nice. It's like a guided fishing trip. You took it off. You got it on oh, yeah. the hole. You took it off. You know what bothers me? I still see people do this. Where they grab pike mm-hmm. by the eyeballs. Yeah. Like, come on, guys. Come on, guys. That's still, I like that fish. That was a good time. Yeah. It looked like fun. So we're ice fishing as the season winds down and the next season winds up. You say something now. I've been talking a bunch. Well, I just had to grab your fish. Now my hand is cold. Oh. Stuck my hand in the frigid water over what? A little slimer? <laughs> a little 40 incher. <laughs> Unbelievable. The whole reason you gave me a bait pot. Did you see what I just did there? I threw, tried to throw back that dead minnow and I threw away my, threw my live one away. It happens. I don't know if anybody listening knows this. Probably not because they don't get a chance to ice fish with you. One of Will's like more impressive skills, in my opinion, is when you're fishing in a house with him and you got your minnow bucket sitting right there. If uh, he needs a new minnow, he just throws his spoon into the minnow bucket and catches a new minnow. It's so, an impressive skill. So if any, Marco, Mark's just going to laugh at that statement. Because right. it took me a very long time before I could do that. I learned that from a, from a roommate of mine. Uh, his name's Luke Wilson. He's from Alaska, so, you know, we just call him Alaska. Yeah, I've met Alaska. Oh, yeah. He was up on the Rainy River with us two years He's ago. He's the one who started that whole thing. And he he could do it even with a single hook jig. Wow. Not even with a spoon. Me, I struggled to do it even, you know, with a treble hook. God, I spent, like quite a few winter days um, pitching spoons into my kid's bathtub trying to <laughs> replicate it. I couldn't do it, dude. <laughs> and my, the five-gallon bucket is the perfect situation. Mm. It really is. Sure. A lot of, fair amount of water in there. Yeah. Yep. But then they'll, they'll congregate into the corners of the bucket. Sure. But you've got depth. You've got depth. <laughs> <laughs> you've got depth so you can rip the jig without it popping out. Right Correct. Back. Yeah. Little flicks. It is impressive, though. I've I've tried more than I. I've tried quite a bit unsuccessfully. So. But you know, it's not like uh, it's not the same hook set as like when you're catching a creek chub. Okay. Out of the river, right? You don't want to really set the hook on a creaky. Sure. You know. Yeah, you just want to hoist them. You want to hoist them mm-hmm. over the rail and in the pail. Yep. 
Let's I don't get think it. we have. That was was that our first season when we still had free time to go cooking? <laughs> I don't think so. I think that was before that. Before the show. Yeah. Those are good memories. Good times. So if you are new to All I Talk, uh, we're two guides in northern Minnesota. We both work and live near Longville. <gasps> Bucks. I know it. And uh, Leech Lake is in our backyard as well as a bunch of other real quality, in our opinion, real quality lakes in north central Minnesota. And we're fishing guides, and we talk to each other once a week and try to make it funny and informative and helpful for people who also like to catch fish, specifically walleyes. Yeah, and it does, I mean, we try to make our information so it's not just specifically to this, this area where, you know, we like to think that our, our skills and our information is transferable, not only here, but throughout walleye country yeah and i would say that like we all we could really hope for is maybe like that it was helpful in the midwest but we've heard from people in the southern states arkansas people in arkansas people on the columbia river that like they do similar stuff and i we there's no way we like would have known that had we not just done it and then heard from people but right it's nice to hear from these people too i think the what remember in uh must have been in December. We got a listener question from a guy from Illinois, from the Chicago area. <laughs> we got we got to find that before oh, the man. end of this podcast. He answered like seven of his questions. They were good questions. No, but we didn't have it before the pod. We started doing podcasts again. Oh right, right. Um, but we should bring because he had some funny comments. They were pretty good. Um, I think if once again, if you're new, all we can. All we can honestly offer is that we think we're like pretty decent fishermen because we get to do it all the time mm-hmm. and that we really love it and we know there's lots of other people who really love it. And I think that that sort of is the tie that binds with the listeners, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be talking, we wouldn't be talking walleyes all the time if we didn't love it yeah. as, you know, as much as we love anything. Yeah. But you, you were commenting on how we, you went back and listened to the first season and it was kind of cringy because <laughs> you were wrong about a bunch terrible. of terrible. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 it's hard to believe, like me personally, even caught fish back in those days. <laughs> like, sure, I could catch them in May and June, but every leader should be steel. <laughs> the, more, the more hooks, the better. <laughs> You were just last season talking about a five-hook crawl harness. I'm thinking about a six-hook now. you got to slowly improve. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I still think I'm onto something there. Maybe. You should just put little chunks of night crawler on every hook instead of one big crawler. Doesn't it doesn't have to be, in Minnesota, doesn't it have to be a part mm. of one lure? Otherwise, that'd be called a sabiki rig, mm. which is not legal in Minnesota. Right. Boom. Roasted. Um, this episode, this fancy spring episode that we don't do all that often, we're going to talk about some new stuff in the fishing world in Minnesota. Um, we'll go down memory lane a bit and talk a little bit about 2020, some highlights and lowlights. What to do this off season? Yeah, uh, what as you far as be doing with your preparations mm-hmm. and it's yeah. an exciting time, man. And then we got a few show additions that we need to uh, oh, yeah. that we need to address with yep. you people. We're trying to slowly improve on like the fringe parts of the show but keep like the core true which is just two dopey fishing dudes talking every week wouldn't you agree absolutely dopey do you remember in the beginning when we were we were at your house and we had steak and eggs for breakfast yep and we weren't even like i guess i wasn't aware that you were even 
like fully on board with it. With the podcast? Yeah. Because we just kind of talked about it one night and you're like, yeah, why don't you come on over here in the next couple days? I got a big mark, it looks like. Not a bunch of fish, just one nice one. Huh. Maybe it'll bite. Um, but we just kind of sat down and did it. The first one, the first episode's only like 15 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And we were so excited from doing that first one that we had to just go right in and do the second one right, right <laughs> oh, after yeah, that. we did. We spent all, I spent all day at your house. <laughs> it was... Uh, that was really fun. It was yeah. a good way to start this thing. Yep. And now we're, this is the fourth season we'll be doing. Wow. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. The last year was season three. This is season four. So this wow. is, is the teaser. Our, our like normal format is once the season gets going, we give you an update on what happened the week prior, what we think is going to happen the week coming, share some stories of the of the week prior and then pick random topics that we the best ones always seem to be the ones with listener questions yeah then we have direction on where we need to go yep so these early ones can be helpful too because like i spend more time from like february until the end of april like thinking and dreaming about what what i'm going to do differently than i do the rest of the open water season because once things get going you just you party you have to focus a little bit more on the right the now. day, yep. right? The right now. Yep. Like, where are the fish going to be today? Right. And what, how am I going to catch them today? Whereas right now, you can get all creative and wonder. I like to I wonder. came up with a lot of bi- good ideas that didn't work right now. <laughs> For sure. At this time of year. <laughs> That's the great part of the, the great ideas. The wonder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, well, what's, uh, what's new with you, Dan? Um, Anything new for 2021 season? Um, for the business, pretty much the same. You know, uh, the season's booking up pretty good, especially the well, the first six weeks are pretty well, are booking really good. So I'm feeling good about the season. My boat's going to be the same, Warrior 2090 with the 200 Suzuki. Feeling good about, about year two with that. And um, you didn't, Have you had any problems with it? Nothing. The hull hasn't cracked, has no, it? No. You no haven't cracked a windshield? Nope. Wow. No serious Sounds damage. like a real high-quality boat. Yeah, made right here in Minnesota. Melrose, Minnesota. Popular boat. Sold right here in Longville at the Muskie Isles Marine. Sounds uh, like a real nice place. It is. But life in general, not to get too into the details, life is good. Family's good. Um, yeah. We're everybody, including my little boy, are real excited about springtime. My Hard little, not to get excited about yeah. this time of year. He's I a, mean, there's not always a ton to do, but you can you can make something out of nothing with weather like this. Yeah, for sure. Especially with a kid, man. They think everything's awesome. Go stomp in the mud. Yep, he likes scooping minnows. <laughs> oh. He likes that a bunch. Like Natalie, that. she likes playing with rubber fish. Ooh. With floaty fish. Yeah, I know. It. We, we got a good one on our hands here. <laughs> How about you? What's new for, for the fishing season for Willina in 2021? <laughs> well, uh, I got a pretty good addition to the to the to the business. Oh, yeah. I purchased oh, myself a, a fish. 2090. Ooh, that's a good I fish. A that's keeper. a good perch. I uh, purchased Here's myself a. Ooh, that's a good oh, one. Nice one. I lost like my minnow in that process. You know, delicious. That is oh, a big oh, oh. one. I don't. I mean, I love walleyes, but I think I get hungrier when I see perch than when I see walleyes. <laughs> For sure. They taste so delicious. He choked it. There's going to be a bunch of them like this down there. Now. I got one screaming up now. Catch him. Catch him. Uh, 
Yeah, so I purchased myself a 2008 Warrior 2090 nice. with a 200 Suzuki power steering. Um, and I'm going to add, uh, it comes with one, I came with one graph, uh, Gen 2 Helix 12. And I'm going to add a Gen, oh shoot, a Gen 4 Helix 10. And I'm going to put Mega 360 on this boat. Oh, yeah. Yep. And put it, it's a tiller, so you got to figure out a mounting system for. Yeah, and I think I'm going to, I'm going to try and mount it on the back. I've talked to Nick and we're going to, I think we're going to put it on the back of the, back of the machine there. And, you know, you can't run it while it's, you can't run 360 while you're searching, but you can, you know, once you're fishing, you deploy it similarly to the, to the pan optics. But do you, I don't know anybody who runs a 360, do you? I know one person, yep. And are they a walleye fisherman? Actually, he's a musky fisherman, mm. and he, he really likes it. And does he, uh, probably doesn't run a tiller. No, he runs a 620. Or, yeah, a 620. But, you know, the the reason I wanted it, I'd rather go with that than the pan optics, is even if you got pan optics live perspective it's still only 150 degrees of cone you gotta manually turn yep the the arm and i don't want to i don't run my bow mount so you know it, i think having this thing rotate 360 for me will be uh, a better way a more efficient way for me to to fish and efficient firm bottoms you know largely clear of debris i think that'll make a big difference it'll be i'm really in- excited to see how it works for you yeah um we've talked a lot about how imaging has really revolutionized the way we we fish and um yeah i think i think a lot of it'll be the devils in the details with your mounting and in like working out the kinks but i i think you're right that it could be pretty sweet yeah i'm hoping especially like the shallow sand that it'll make a that it'll make a really big difference i wonder if it will change how you fish too you know like so often you're having to, <clears throat> well, you don't have to, but like a general approach for like fishing a break line is like you scan from from deep water looking up on the shallower water, yep. and then you typically hold yourself deeper and, and pitch at the fish, you know. Yep. But uh, I wonder if your your approaches won't change a little bit, you know, where maybe there are some applications where you're you're shallow looking deep. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, when you're dealing with a bunch of flat area too. I think it'll make a pretty significant difference. Yeah, we're like you. You know, you're in fish. <clears throat> you know, there's a pot of them around. You scanned them up, maybe on your side imaging. Mm-hmm. But then when you sit down to fish, they're they're going to be cruising those flats, right? Where and, I can run into them, I can intercept them easier, right? So that's what I'm. That's what I'm hoping will happen. I think the boat's great. I think you you're a very savvy boat flipper yeah I, I bought a boat in the spring and i sold it in october of last year and uh i i last year i wanted a boat just like this and i couldn't find one well this year i did find it and the price was right and and it was like 30 miles away from me I know. <laughs> the, the other boat i bought was only 40 miles away from me <laughs> so i've been pretty lucky but you know searching for boats in the fall and in the early you know the midwinter you do you find the good deals so yeah that's one thing that I've kind of learned through all this. I do think about if you're in the market for a used warrior, and this is like this isn't proven at all, but like the the dealers are kind of hubs for those boats, mm-hmm. you know. 
So even if the dealer isn't the one selling it, like it might be good to like reach out to a warrior dealer near you, right? Because they they like know all of the, all of the boats that are, are around, you know? right? They service them. They, they work service on them. them. They, they could have sold it to often them. Sold them. Yeah, and uh, they can maybe help hook you up with a guy who's got a boat that is looking at upgrading to a new one. And yeah, I can't. I mean, there's a reason that I. I mean, I'm not a, necessarily affiliated with them at all. But I, I mean, I've had such good luck with those boats. It's really hard for me to look any other direction. Yeah. It's also we've talked a lot about how <clears throat> um, it's it's nice to settle on things that you like and then just move on. Oh, jeez! <laughs> <laughs> Somebody murdered that torch. <laughs> I really wanted to get back down there. I did give him a little tug. I didn't know it was that bad. <laughs> um, it's nice to just settle on something that you know you like, and then like, then you can focus on making other decisions. You know, right? Warrior twenty ninety is pretty, pretty how well you, settled you like in yours? my head. Pretty happy. Good. All right. Not supposed to be just a warrior commercial. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I bought a boat. You put in a Humminbird Helix ten. Uh, 360 on there and the thing came with downriggers so I'm thinking about maybe trying to, <laughs> trying to use those out on Leech Lake <laughs> I could probably figure out a manual one but these electric ones I think I'm going to be doomed <laughs> yeah so I got that going for oh, me man. if you are on a lake and you see Will Newer with downriggers deployed like the apocalypse is upon us you need to be, you need to be real worried you know I put about a six pound ball on there for about 12 feet of water you got to be pretty good uh, yeah but I, it's just cool I don't know I'm, I haven't had it in the water I don't even know if the thing runs but it's got a Suzuki on it so I'm sure I'm sure it runs just fine yeah so there's a fair amount of that involved you know when you buy a used boat you gotta gotta just try you know like use your gut as far as like who you're buying it from and stuff but right there's a little bit of trust i bought my ranger in january and that was it's a little unsettling but that boat ran great for me right for quite a few years Mm -hmm. harsh use (laughs) (laughs) yeah you had that for four or five four Four seasons yep yeah yeah, it was a fish catcher. Yeah, it still is. Still catching them down on Pufforno. Oh, I bet there's, he's having a good time right now. There's a there's a couple tournaments on Pool Four right now. I think this is the start of the tournament season. Is this the frigid? I think so. freezer butt off or whatever yeah. it is. And I think they drew a pretty nice weekend for sure. Tomorrow's supposed to be even nicer. Um, yeah, those tournament those Pool Four tournaments are crazy because like if you look at the weigh-ins. There'll be like huge weight discrepancies, right? Like, and I I know they've changed the regs, so maybe it's different now. Because it used to be six fish, and it, there was no size restriction, right? So you could weigh six ten pounders, right? Right, and um, but then there's like also some of the field will weigh like forty five pounds day one, and then they'll weigh like three pounds day two. They just right. their big something changed with their big fish. But the, it's exciting to think about that. You know, Big Steve, he took fifth in one of those tournaments, and he had three fish. It just so happened one was a 12-pounder. <laughs> he was on the uh, MTT website with yep. that fish, um, pre-spawn female. He talked about that on the podcast with us, about how it uh, was egging. It was egging all over, and um, 
could have lost who knows how much weight. <laughs> yeah, just a freakish fish. Yeah, twenty nine inch or twelve pounds. How yeah. unbelievable is that, huh? But they grow them big down there. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a small one. Um, do we want to take a break? Or do we want to go right into what's next? Let's just let's just keep going. Okay. Um, we wanted to talk a little bit about the some regulation changes, and there's only one one definite one that people in our area should be aware right. of. And if you're, I think they, they're doing a pretty good job getting it out. It's been in the paper and on. It's been all over. Um, and it's been a long time coming, I'd say that. For sure. They've added, I think, 100, 100 or 110 lakes. They've added special panfish regulations, too. Bluegills and crappies. Bluegills and crappies either cutting the limit in half or... There's five a, and five. There's a few different, yeah. There's a, a 10 bluegill and five crappie, and then there's a five bluegill, five crappie. Leech Lake would be the one in our area that is... Most affected. Yep, and that's that's five bluegills, five crappies. Right. Which I think, you know, it's going to get some backlash, especially for the people who don't necessarily... Um, well, who take advantage? Who took advantage of it? They're going to have a problem with it. But uh, you know, you go into the fish cleaning shack some of those weekends, and it's you know, there's four or five people in there with a whole pail of them. Yeah, you almost feel like God. I wish you, you feel guys, so bad wish, for them. Wish you guys knew how to walleye fish. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Kill sixty ten-inch bluegills. Well, that, I mean, it's. I don't think it had reached a point where there was no return, but I think it was. I think it's really, really close, and I, I think this couldn't have come on a, at a better time. Yeah. Than than now. And so my understanding also is that um, your possession limit is remains the same. Your possession limit is still ten crappies, twenty bluegills. Right. Even if you're fishing a lake that is five and five. Right. But that doesn't mean you can go double dip in the same day. Right. Just um, your daily limit is still your daily limit, I not just like your your times out limit. Yeah. It's a decent compromise, though, for those folks coming from Illinois or something, and they'd spend a week at uh, Pikedale Lodge on Leech Lake. Yep. They can, if they want to bring home um, a limit of crappies and a limit of bluegills, that number is still the same as it was last year. Right. So. It just will take you a little bit longer to get there. And then we've talked about it in the past. This is not, it hasn't happened yet. The bill is still in the, in the legislature. I tried to, oh man, I like realized that it's been a while since civics class when i was looking at the minnesota legislature <laughs> page trying to figure out if they if that had, if the bill had actually passed you haven't watched school of, what is that school not school, school of rock uh house of no house of rock house of rock that's yeah. it i'm just a bill um <laughs> <laughs> sing it dan it's pretty well certain that i uh in the near future it's going to be a statewide four fish walleye limit and I think that it'll probably, my best guess would be, even if they passed it in the next week or two, we're still probably dealing with 2022. Because um, the regs are out and, um, yeah. I mean, it's possible, but not likely. Yeah. Um, and I was, man, I've, if you've listened to the show, I, I was on board all the way through. I thought, like, this is good. Four, four would be great. And uh, just, actually, just today, reading... Um, something from Jeff Sundin, who's a guide we've mentioned. He's a guide in the Grand Rapids area. One best guide in the state. Yeah. He offered some, like, an interesting perspective on, like, are we sure it's great? And I thought he had some pretty, pretty good points. Um, mostly, like, where's the research that six fish is hurting 
hurting walleye populations. Like all he's asking, he's like, maybe it is, but I think we should maybe know it before we jump right into jump this. right into it. And that's like a hard question to answer from the from a fishery biologist perspective, you know. Um, but I thought it was a pretty legitimate question. Ultimately, it's not gonna it's not gonna change anything because it's it's got the support of Republicans, Democrats, the governor, um, sportsmen's groups, guides groups. So I think it's happening. Right. Gotta, oh, no, no, I was God, just tangled. Was just, so do you want? Do you know the history behind the six fish limit? Uh, you told me, and I can't remember. It's pretty arbitrary, right? Very. So it, it started out as a 10-fish limit uh, when they first put a limit on there. It was a 10-fish limit. And then back, I believe it was in the 60s, uh, they changed it. The science Here's the science behind it. They changed it to six fish because uh, it sounded good. <laughs> six was a, just a good number. <laughs> so that's that's the science behind it. Trump, that Trump. was literally the science behind it. So... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, personally, I, th- I I still like it. I mean, data or not, I still think it's not a... I don't think it's a bad idea to do this because, I mean, well, y- y- you look at some of these places that people are willing to pay to go fishing, um, like the Mille Lacs of the world, uh, especially Canada. People are willing to dump a bunch of money into going to fishing in Canada, and they can only keep two fish up there or four... I mean... I think even if they buy the the expensive license, they can only keep four, right? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, and you look at how good those fisheries have become or are. Um, I don't know. I, I just I think it can only help. Yeah. As far as catch the potential for catching more fish in any given ecosystem. Yeah. I get it. I mean, like, a real simplistic view is, hey, if we don't keep as many, there'll be more. That's exactly what my point was. That's what you're saying. Yeah, that's it, exactly what I was getting yeah. at. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that uh, maybe that's that's right. But I part of, like, Sundin's point is that it's so easy to just view, like, is this good for me? And very clearly, as, a fishing, as two fishing guides, it is good for us. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, like, not much of a downside. Because personally, like for our fish consumption, you and I can go fishing a lot. And so if the limit is six or two, doesn't really matter to right. us. Because like we're likely to, we're going to keep a meal. So we'll keep two tonight mm-hmm. and then we'll come out here on Thursday and catch and keep two more. Right. And then we've got four walleyes. But Leech has been at four for the last, I don't know, what has that been, 10 years? That's a great question. I don't know. I believe it's been 10 years. And four Leech Lake walleyes are plenty of walleyes. Yep. Yeah, I just think it just, it brought up a like an overall, like a, a good practice for when you're viewing an issue that impacts the public is that you need to consider how it impacts other people. So like, are there resorts that are worried about them choosing Wisconsin over Minnesota because of Wisconsin's limits, mm-hmm. or North Dakota or South Dakota, like the Dakotas have some really liberal limits for sure, and uh, liberal seasons, you know, like so it it probably does have a, an adverse or have it probably does have a negative impact on somebody we care about in our in the fishing community. But I agree. If you had to ask me right now, do you up or down? I'd say do it, and probably most of our listeners would too i'd be curious if if you got an interesting perspective on 
on why you specifically don't want it, I, I'd like to know what it is. But I don't know. It, it probably boils down to how many days you get to fish per year. And when you get to a number, say 30 days a year, 40 days a year, that probably equates to you being pretty avid, a pretty avid angler, probably pretty aware of the issues, probably pretty conscious of the resource being something that you value. It's probably like, yeah, I fish 40 days a year or more, four fish sounds fine. I fish 10 days a year and seven of them are in the same week. I'd like to keep six. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So I'd, it'll be interesting. I, I do think for us personally, it'd be, it'd be fine. Especially when we're keeping 27, 29 inches. We're, we we're poundage people, right? Right. right. <laughs> we go by the pound. That's how we get paid. Shake that 19-incher off. Right. We don't want that Shake in here. <laughs> oh, man. Um, you have some data from Carl? Oh, so I this... Uh, maybe like six weeks ago, I was thinking about angling pressure and how you can... How they try to figure out angling pressure because like there's a whole spectrum of angling pressure right like you could let some people give them a six fish limit and it'll never get filled non-issue right Mm -hmm. and so i was wondering like if they if they have a way to measure if a very small percentage of the angling community largely probably fishing guides you know on leech lake yeah or and not just fishing guides but like there's there's like a top tier of anglers out there for sure and leech lake draws a lot of them because it's such a good walleye fishery so is there a small percentage of anglers filling limits consistently and overall having a bigger impact on the population than like does 10 percent account for does 10 percent of anglers account for like 90 percent of, of the harvest mm-hmm. And the ultimate answer was he he didn't he can't tell you what he what they do find out is they ask you in in their surveys what are you fishing for and if you answer walleye um, you're gonna like statistically your outcomes are better than any other group oh dang second Andy yep <laughs> uh, if you answer walleye you're better at not only catching walleyes but you're better at catching everything else than if people answer bass crappies bluegills. I don't care. Muskies. <laughs> Doesn't matter. If you say walleye, you're better at catching stuff. <laughs> um, but only 5% of anglers, of all the surveys they did, 5% of anglers re- reported catching a limit of walleyes. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's it's, the more I think, I think it is crazy. I thought it would be higher. Right? I mean... But, it it is for us yeah you just think about you know those there's some little windows of time and maybe they're just not that long and maybe you look at you know maybe a lot of these creel surveys are happening during terrible times of year you know like more more people are out fishing in that month of july yeah i don't think i've limited out in july in a lot why you know i I, unless i go with the bradco to the old secret spot the old bradco and i we could put together a limit in the secret spot but other than that i can't i can't say that i've limited out with you know other other than a handful of times ever yeah on walleyes yep um there are guides i think specifically in walker bay well there's just there are other guys who who do right but um but you i mean you're looking at a whole spectrum of fishermen and you're looking at this time frame from from june 28 to august 28 
there isn't a lot of limits coming out of there, and there's a lot of people getting. There's more per- people during that time than I think uh, probably any other time, yeah. any other month, two month period or You're month right. period. You're absolutely right. So um, maybe that's got more of a factor than than you think. Right. I will say before we get too far away from the the reg change is that it was piloted or like sort of pushed by um a organization called the walleye alliance and a fellow fishing guide and he, he runs a warrior too actually he runs a 2090 nate blazing in the brainerd baxter area he really has championed this and i just give him a lot of credit for 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 whatever you feel passionate about in like the sporting world to take it to that point where you're trying to get a state law change right and, and he's you've he's, never done that dan no i don't i don't think i can make it like that devoted to that but he's looked at lots of things like he's considered he's just considered every aspect of it he's talked about how like night fishing has increased tremendously especially on like lakes with zebes and like it's a really effective way to catch them in july like if you are going to catch a limit of walleyes yeah going out after dark and pulling cranks is a real good way to do it especially on clearwater lake yep and then like the how wheelhouses are friggin everywhere right and like it's really hard to measure the amount of uh that like the the harvest that comes out of those um yeah i think and those were both of those seemed like pretty legitimate things that i hadn't even thought about oh yeah dan how many how many harvests have you has your wheelhouse had this this season huh huh you mean my storage unit that happens, <laughs> happens to have holes in the <laughs> didn't make it out much this year when the kid gets older it'll be nice to take him out after school god Oh, when I was a kid, we did hurry up offense. Oh, it was the best. Dad would like scream home from from work. I'd be, you better make sure you have something to eat. And uh, I was ready to go. We were out the door. We got to fish for a couple hours. Is the best. Hurry I up like offense, that, man. That's good. That's good dad stuff right there. Get them all fired up about the whole experience. You know, you got to be. Let's let's be moving. Hurry up offense, baby. <laughs> uh, Never watched football, but. <laughs> <laughs> just that one big one yeah why was that just all alone i thought there was gonna be like four or five of the big ones all all together all at once i think i'd missed one i don't know if it was that one but they're super yellow out here they're pretty very pretty God, very defined look delicious one two three four five six seven i got in the habit of counting the stripes now did you see that uncut angling Mm-mm. <laughs> he shaved his beard into he put seven seven or eight stripes on in his beard perch stripes <laughs> and the whole the whole uh he went out and he tried to catch a fish that had more than seven stripes on it did he i've never ever counted the stripes on perch before <laughs> never i have thought of that as something interesting and he like started a there's a whole phenomenon now of people like sending pictures of perch with like 13 stripes holy cow it's a lot of stripes it is i don't think he did catch one but he had a cool looking beard <laughs> he's always got some crazy facial hair he does what do you think, man? Do we need to move? Ooh, here comes a good one. Catch him. Oh, bollocks. What do you do at this time of year? That's This is one of our topics. Like, what what do you do with the off-season? Me? Yeah. I gotta start scouting turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> I've been pre-scouting turkeys for weeks now. <laughs> You've been scouting for areas to scout turkeys? Yeah. That's what you said? Absolutely. Is that better? Is it better? No, no, no. I'm Come wrapped on. up. Um... 
Yeah, so I start thinking about that because that's a that's a really good chunk of my time coming up here is trying to get turkeys and getting in on hunts that, of people going for turkeys mm-hmm. and um, what else. So I've been I did some research, you know, trying to do research on what we can what I can improve on as far as techniques and you know just trying to learn all the time um, what I can do better. Nope, little. <laughs> oh, it wasn't that little. Oh, that wasn't that saw, little. He just lost the keeper. Yeah, it could have been a keeper. It would have been a spacer keeper. Oh, oh, he came up real hot, too. I think we might have a school down here, Dan. They're riding high. Three, four foot off bottom. Sitting in 12 feet of water. So we mentioned this, but like this spot was, was a happy night. <coughs> Found some perch here last spring, and they had they were big Ooh. he's good enough for today. Uh, there were big smallmouth cruising around this little weedy flat. Short short weeds, real short weeds. And uh, then I was out here in December, thinking there might be a walleye or two hanging by these rocks that are just inside the weeds, and the smallmouth were in here in December. Kind of a happy accident. Mm-hmm. So I was talking to uh, Jake Mastell. He's a he's a big smallmouth guy now. Yeah. And uh, he was telling me that smallmouth are very susceptible in the very cold water to barotrauma. What is barotrauma, Will? Barotrauma is when you take a fish out of real deep water and then their eyeballs come out and the and the air sac comes out of their mouth hole. It, do- it doesn't look like a comfortable state to exist. Uh, no. So I thought that was super interesting. Yeah, I had never heard that before. No, and it, I guess it, it really only happens when the water is very cold. Interesting. But I would have thought that, you know, with them being, I mean, they enjoy the cold water. That and he's talking about, like, not, not super deep, but like 20 to 20, 30 feet. 25, 30, 35 feet. Gotcha. Hmm. Yeah, I, I usually don't even think about, catch, I, I never picture 25 feet being too deep to release a fish. Right. Especially a better size fish that, yeah, you know, it, gives a good tussle on your way up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets it. It takes its time coming up. You know, right? You can't really do. You can't horse Almost. Um, interesting. Well, that's good thing we're in twelve feet of water. Yeah, that's right. I did find them super satisfying to fish for because they uh, like you can almost always convince them to bite somehow. <laughs> like they'll stick around for a bit, and even if they like slide off your screen, they. They're know, never they're, too far. They're not very far away. They often come in in pairs, and then like every trick you learned about walleye fishing that you don't think works anymore, like will work on a smallmouth. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, uh, like probably my best way of getting them to bite, if like if they've looked at it for a while and they're negative, like they're either heading back down to the bottom or or that I just don't think it's going to happen, is I just reel all the way back up. And then drop it all the way back down, and as it like comes down, they'll come up and eat it. Oh, they just don't—they don't like ha- seeing a missed opportunity. Yeah, or mm-hmm. I think they're just like they're like the ooh a piece of candy, type of, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I hope we hope we catch one of them. I do feel like over the last year or two, I've seen more people posting pictures of catching smallmouth through the ice. Well, it's just like eat fish and eel pout. It's just started being cool. Yeah. You know, it's sure. something different. I heard they only eat hyperglides, though. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, I can honestly, I've never caught a fish out of hyperglide. I've I tried it a few times. Hmm. 
That's just me, though, I guess. Um, it's weird to fish uh, in the winter where I don't feel, like, pinched by time. Usually... Usually, I like this winter, I only fish for, for walleyes and perch, essentially. And I would, if I was fishing for perch, it was like near where I thought I could catch a walleye. Mm-hmm. And I would only fish for a couple hours, right? Yep. So that I could fish the fish the dark hours. And now the walleye season's closed, so we don't need to do that. We're out here in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah. It's, yeah, and it's gorgeous out. Wind's calming down, it sounds, feels like. And mm-hmm. It's just, uh, it's a good day to be in the Northwoods. For sure. Thank you. I think we better take a break, man. I think we should move. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> sausage? <laughs> From when? Uh, you have no idea when that I sausage I know exactly is. when. <laughs> okay, we'll take a break. <laughs> and we're back. Shoot. Now it's a race. I bet my quarter ounce boss spoon will get down there before your quarter ounce boss spoon. We moved. We moved because we thought we would maybe catch. Greener pastures. Um, but we wanted to talk about what's new with walleye. Here's one coming in. Oh, he's gone now. They're they can be fussy. You gotta have the right. Oh man, I'm gonna pound bottom. So you do something. What's new with the show? Well, we, you, I, while I talk, now have a Facebook page. Oh, God. And an Instagram page. We do. So we're, we're really stepping up our game outside of the uh, podcast itself. Yep. And it we struggled with it because, like, well, we didn't do it because we didn't want to manage more social media stuff. So we hired an intern. We hired an intern. <laughs> <laughs> really good yeah. kid. We outsourced it. Uh, the intern, I, I'm going to say his, yeah. his name is Parker Davis. Um, Parker uh, interviewed for this job like four years ago, b- before the podcast was even started. And he interviewed with me. Um, he needed to be able to rip jig wraps real good mm-hmm. and yeah. fish big minnows. How did you do? He did both real, real well. You know, if, let's take this kid, and let's say he needs to hide a fish from another boat. Oh, man. Could he do it? He could do it. I can tell you for sure he could do and it. See, now that's that's about everything we need in an You've talked a lot about fish stinks. This kid's mm-hmm. got fish stinks. That's important. And we hope he knows his way around social media. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's going to help us with uh, distribution and some other stuff. But we're super happy to have him on board. Um, the whole idea is that to try to, you know, grow the show a little bit, make it easier for people to find uh, the show and keep you posted on what's Current events. Current events with, besides just posting the show. We'd always relied on pretty much my Facebook page to advertise it or get it out there. Yeah. And thought it was time to have it, have it do its own thing. What else did we do, Dan? What else? Ooh. Uh, it's last new. Last year, last year, we're wearing something. I'm wearing something from a business called Secret Lake Tackle, which if you listen to the last maybe month, six weeks of the season last year, uh, we had a listener who owns a business called... Kevin Skilicki. Skilicki. Good last name. Yep. Strong last name. Real strong fisherman. On uh, He does a lot of fishing on Mille Lacs. I think his dad did some guiding on Mille Lacs. Um, and he ties up 
really, really good looking spinners and um, custom paints some hard baits as well. And uh, he sent us some spinners, and I was it, he like caught me at the right time because I was pulling, sp- <laughs> pulling a lot of spinners, not necessarily enjoying it all that much, uh, but it was like I knew it was something that was working pretty well. And uh, his spinners were great. I like the color schemes a lot. It's like he read my mind when he sent us the the few that he did. And More then, impressively, though, the names are unbelievable, yeah, unmatched. Yep. He and he, I like the way he runs his business. So, like, we reached out to him and asked him if he wanted to be a sponsor of the show. So we are happy to be welcoming Secret Lake Tackle to the one of the, <laughs> the sponsors for While I Talk with Will and Dan in 2021. And I just, that's the way it should work, right? Like, you should find products that you really want to represent and then ask them to partner with you. For sure. Instead of, like, just looking for partners and hoping you can represent their products. Right. And I feel really good about This is doing it the right way. Mm -hmm. So, uh, happy to have him on board. uh, Purple Rain, are you kidding me? That's real good. I might only own one spinner. (laughs) (laughs) You will have to... (laughs) Uh, he's he's a guy like I've t- talked to him primarily just through through messaging back and forth, but he's like an attention to detail guy. So like his business is, right now is limited by the fact that he wants to tie and paint all of the mm-hmm. spinners. Like it could, I think it could probably grow, but he's having a hard time letting go of the the little details. Yeah. So every hook you want on your spinner, he's got to tie a knot for. It. So I think it's going to be hard to get him to t- tie you a tie a specialty <laughs> six hook. <laughs> 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 The good um, thing with like your attitude and that system would be like you start off you're like oh six hooks is the way to go and then you know it gets beat up like five hooks I've decided five hooks is best you know I'm gonna run four hooks this week <laughs> well I don't want to tie a new one on <laughs> right so that's, but it certainly is me to a T <laughs> um and then uh, God I hope we have our microphones figured out please. Please just be very happy with the way this episode sounds. <laughs> we are doing it on the tailgate of a truck. We are, but we got a new microphone system, and hopefully this is the the one. Thanks for bearing with us, but like we know it was garbage. Sometimes they were bad, and we're we're just trying to get better. Will always says we're just too dumb fishermen, and that that is true. But that's like part of what I was saying. Like we want to keep the sh- show true to its like it's uh spirit but mm-hmm. improve on like the stuff we can improve on without changing it and <laughs> sound quality seems like a pretty basic <laughs> probably should have been something we had from the beginning right yeah. we uh we also have a new while i talk logo oh yeah yeah um time to get rid of our ugly mugs we always promised that it was gonna be a a short stint with our our logo being just our our faces and uh i happen to have a good buddy in alaska lives in anchorage alaska now and he's a graphic designer by trade and uh he drew some drew some funny stuff up for us and um so we've got a a legit logo looks Um, really nice yeah i'm happy with it yeah me too hopefully merchandise but it's just we'll see how we'll see how yeah we'll see how it gets yep um what have you uh what do you try to focus on like we we hinted at it a little bit, I guess, but like it's early March Here comes now. One. Oh, just a blip. Here it comes. On perch? No, it might be. It is. Boy, oh, I I was promised. Couple. Maybe we got a good school here. Oh damn it! 
Oh yeah, they're a pie. They gotta be, oh, ow. <laughs> there we go. That's gonna be a keeper. Not a, not a jumbo. Oh, that's a nice one. We got a talking fish. Talking what did you, fish. you didn't even finish your question. Um, oh, like what have you been doing with your time to get better as a fisherman? Uh, How do you get better? You, um, I think I just try to spend as much time thinking of ways that I can a improve the business and b improve on things that I'm that I do poorly at, right? To yep. try and make make something out of nothing days, you know. Sure. And uh, I spend a lot of time trying to think outside the box, and sometimes it just sucks, you know. I gotta switch that spoon. That's a good one. Sometimes you know my ideas are just terrible. Yeah. And they don't go anywhere, but I, I think I might have landed on a good one here, you know, uh, this winter. But only time will tell. Ooh. Yeah, I think about, like, adding like adding new stuff to the to the whole game plan. is It's like, this is the time to think about what, what you need to add. Because <laughs> in the middle of the season, I try my best to, like, continue to... Um, like make little modifications and if i have a day off like try something new but as we mentioned before you do have to sort of just stay in the moment for for the season and just focus on like finding fish and how to uh how to catch them when you find them man thanks for getting those little ones out of the way you're welcome i don't know why i can't catch a nice one but i do like this is the time of year that i watch fishing videos and look up other like stuff online and look for new ideas and not i don't think you have to um like just think of it as like i don't know how to it's just fun research it's fun research and like maybe it's not going to work for you like i I think you have to embrace that like it, it might not pan out but now is the time to put some like uh, thought behind a new approach or new presentation and stealing stuff from other people like that's the way the fishing industry right. works man i don't i don't want i don't i feel like i don't have tons of original ideas about the only real original ideas i have are like where to catch walleyes on like this this lake right, right? on right those are my original ideas but my techniques none of them are none of them are novel no, none of them aren't like well accepted techniques right and I, I'm always hoping for like the next one because the the last few I've added have been really really helpful to me, and I've learned those through like either personal references, you know, personal recommendations and and tips, or through the internet. So like for me, and I, I know I'm kind of behind on this, uh, just from talking to customers, most lots of avid customer uh, avid anglers who were customers last year asked me if I had. Um, I think there's a big fish around. If I had heard of Tomboli. Absolutely. And, and I remember hearing it, uh, like, one of my first trips of the year last year. And uh, then heard of it, heard of him uh, quite a few times throughout the year last year. Didn't watch any of his stuff last year during the guide season. Mm-hmm. Like, didn't ha- I wouldn't say I didn't have the time, but I have a hard time getting home from a day of guiding and then watching a... A fishing video. video. Yep. Um, but I've been watching a lot of Tom Boley. He's a guide in um, northern Wisconsin. And uh, I think some of his stuff is definitely applicable for us. So um, thinking about what I want to add or try 
and yep. then and, and then buying stuff because or asking your bait shop if they're going to have the you know like for instance like you're doing a lot of your spring ordering or bringing right. stuff in now and i want to buy my stuff f- through a local bait shop um so i just bring up if in fact you're going to have the things i'm looking for and just yesterday did that and you yeah i just i ordered them ordered them yep I'm excited do you know what i'm gonna do with those you're gonna catch walleyes with them hopefully hopefully are you gonna put them on a spinner no you're gonna jig them deep Ooh. Fish him deep. Interesting. Yeah. Why'd you go with stick with the Kalins? Tom Bowley. Tom Bowley. Like that's that's a, that's a perfect example, right? There's like a sea of plastics out there, and like we've got a couple that we really like now. Yep. Um, but we don't have a ton that we really like. And why not take a like a strong recommendation Look from a dude who sucker. catches who catches fish on them? The big fish down there, Dan. Yeah. This is gonna be. A- he's coming up. I don't know if he's coming up to you or what he's doing. Yeah, he's, there he is. He's on. It's going to be a small mouth. Oh, he's off. Dirty son of a fish down there. That one looked impressive. Those, yeah. Damn it. Sorry. Sorry, Will. That's okay. Is it, though? Yeah. You only say that because you think you're going to catch him. I haven't caught nothing today. It's been terrible. I've been terrible. So now I would say is the time to like, and just get all fired up about fishing for, for sure. Why not? And I keep thinking. I keep. Uh, I find myself, you know, instead of watching TV or like the TV will be on, I find myself looking at Navionics, looking for, uh, mm-hmm. looking at you know new places to try, new areas to go. Yep. How. I mean, another great example or expansion of that is how many times have we talked about like a very specific region of Leech Lake that we think is going to like all the time change our. It seems like it's a daily conversation, and this isn't the first year we've done it. No, Um, but it just shows how much potential we think is going to be there. But we kind of have to get. I think our biggest asset is going to be our technology in finding these fish. Yeah, on like a giant region of the lake that looks relatively the same yeah unfishy i mean unwalleye right but we've had limited success there in the past why won't it work again right it'd be great so yeah i that's i've spent a lot of time doing that he's still down there yeah i got him coming up here unless he's coming up to you oh you go (sighs) hadn't caught a Oh, yeah, we got a couple keepers here. Yeah, it's been a, been a pretty nice winter so far here, though. We've had a lot of nice days. Only one 10-day cold snap yeah. where it got pretty chilly. Pretty but. thankful we did have that cold snap. It would have felt like a real unusual winter mm-hmm. had we not had had one one and it, the the nice thing is that it was super not nice i don't mean to like pick on the people in the metro but it sucked down there too it's super <laughs> cold it's super cold in texas <laughs> did you watch that deal uh where alex perrick was on bbc news and caught a bass in texas ice fishing oh yeah on bbc news that that was pretty crazy yeah um I didn't know that he catches like a lot of flack. Like lots of people hate on him on the internet. Why? I don't know. I think it's I don't know. Hmm. Seems like a nice dude. Yeah. Just trying to get life figured out, man. Yeah. 
that was that was like a very springish experience. We just like late ice experience where like there's just a little flurry of activity of, keep, of creep of keepers cruising around. You know, like definitely on the move, and now they're gone. I know that normally Will would be like moving like crazy right now, which we could do with the microphones, but we're currently sitting on my truck bed. It's okay. I'm okay. I'm having fun just relaxing. Good. It's a little flurry of activity out on the lake right now. Four-wheelers and snow machines. I was so nervous it was going to be real busy up here, but I think because uh, the walleye season closed, mm -hmm. is, people are taking some time to get their stuff in order. I'm going to bring my boat back to my house like March 18th, I think. Where you, what do you got planned? I'm going to try to fish the Rainy River the last 10 days of March. Don't know for sure that things are going to be going, but it sure looks like it's yeah. going to be. Yeah. And, uh... Do you watch... Do you, are you, you should uh, be friends with the Royal Dutchman. They've been doing uh, lots of Rainy River posts. Oh, really? Yep. So... Gotcha. That's over by Birchdale. Those guys are. So gotcha. They've been going over to I Falls and Looking taking at the pictures. Progress. Yep. And there, there is some progress for sure. So it's starting to loosen up a little bit. Right. And that's one of the, that's one of the most fun, relatively easy river experiences you can have. Yeah. I wonder because this will probably be the lowest water spring that I've ever fished up there. Yep. I think it's the lowest in like, it's the lowest in a while. And, uh, yeah, I just, I, ho I hope it's, uh, I don't know what that lake would, or that river would be like to navigate with super low water. I can't think of any, anything treacherous. Other than Birchdale? Yeah, from, except from Birchdale, or from Birchdale down. Yeah, I can't think of Besides anything. Besides like normal, just like, ice out debris and, and stuff you gotta be careful too with uh canada being shut down to americans to filthy americans uh i know they were pretty uh pretty strict as far as pushing people across i know i think they were flying over with helicopters and stuff and navigating boats to push people off from lake of the woods last summer mm. i can't imagine that would be any different this year right and those Mounties are running the river all the time anyway, so. Right. That's always a fun trip, though. It is. Like, your bachelor party was probably, like, if you haven't done one, if you haven't done a Rainy River trip, uh, don't, because it's super busy and I want to be up there alone. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say, like, figuring out the logistics of getting your boat in safely, getting your boat, like, your partners in your boat after they park, that stuff is like don't be surprised by that being a headache i guess right like, there's not a whole lot if you haven't done it you can you're just gonna have to sort of be patient and like take your time with how things go up there and usually the people launching are they realize that it's sort of a cluster and like right. everybody's pretty kind with at least that's been my experience but they know what they're in for don't rush too much because that's how you break stuff and plenty of people break stuff up there oh dead batteries boat, boats froze into trailers yep uh lots of stuff like that yep and then there's like there's lodging options up there too like we stayed at sportsman's lodge when we went up there that was awesome and it was super convenient you still had a, a bit of a drive what was it 30 35 minutes yeah. to get to where we wanted to put in there's um, a fish down there but 
it was definitely worth it to not be driving like crazy. You got him coming? And he's little. Just a little guy. Yeah, really a fun trip. And, you know, as a backup plan, you can always fish sturgeon. You know, it, it, <laughs> we tried to do both in one day. And that's go up there with one idea in mind and just kind of stick to it. You think so? Yes. What? Yeah. So you were... Because you're always going to want to be doing the other thing. Well, no. You're, if you're sturgeon fishing and you don't, like, have a sturgeon on, you're going to want to be walleye fishing. Exactly. Right. So go up there just sturgeon fishing if you're going to go just sturgeon fishing. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. I would agree with that, I guess. Like, when we went up with Steve a few years ago, that's what we did. We went up to sturgeon fish. Right. And it was good to just have, like, one focus. Right. And it was a blast. I guess, like, the best case, Ontario, would be that you're... <laughs> sick of catching walleyes and then you can go try to catch sturgeon right and if you're catching that many walleyes you're going to catch sturgeon anyway i think yeah right i uh i think the next time i go i'm not even going to bring i'm not even going to bring minnows yeah with uh you know we spent like 40 bucks in minnows the first day and i don't think i used one after the first day yeah yep and the hard thing about that is like um if you are relying on minnows a lot of people go up there like with the hopes of catching a hundred walleyes. <laughs> you, know, yep. you gotta have a lot of minnows. <laughs> By four scoops. <laughs> gotta have four scoops, baby. Yeah. That was always what it was for me. Oh, let's buy four scoops. But I'm always heavy on the minnows if you don't know. Man, I bought it. I remember my first year up there, I bought a quart of rainbows. <laughs> <laughs> got up there and it was just like chocolate milk. We caught one walleye like eight minutes into the trip and didn't catch another. <laughs> well, can I keep you alive for a long time? <laughs> for a month and a half? <laughs> don't you go spotting on me. Um... Thinking back on 2020, do you have like over these these cold months? What have you been? What have you been reminiscing about? You, you almost. I almost hate to think about some of these days, and I've got one that just stands out, and I just can't kick it. And you know, it seems like you get one or two every year that just hurts you. This is a rough one. This was a terrible one. Oh, here they come. The I don't know what these are. Yeah, it must be perch. But uh, I had a trip on Little Boy last September where I told the guy, like, hey, if you're going to come to one of these smaller lakes, let's go to Little Boy. It's one of my favorites. You know, it's got good structure. It's a it's a real healthy fishery. You know, I, I tend to do pretty well there. And I fished so hard for, you know, I ended up going late. I think we fished for five hours. And I never caught a walleye. I think we just caught two piddly gators is about it. And, uh, yeah, two gators and a rock bass, I think, is what it ended up being. And I drove, and I drove, and I think I, I went through a half a tank, or maybe it was just a quarter tank. But I went through a bunch of gas driving around out there trying to find some sort of a bite, and I, and I didn't. And I just wondered what the heck happened, where they went, what I did wrong. And, you know, sometimes it's, there is no good answer. You just, I don't, I don't know. I think maybe I should have fished big, big boulders, and I didn't fish big, big boulders. I just fished, you know, stuff that was convenient to graph. Yeah, that is, that is probably, like, one downside to keep in mind with how, like, the more confident you get in your, 
in your graph like the more uh you maybe need to be aware that it it can i don't know if it handicaps you but you can rely you just want to be able to see them so well when you can see them so well right so but they're not always fish coming they're not always where uh you can see them real well oh he's still in the middle yep yep come on that's gotta be a that's gotta be a brown fish i don't know there's perch around usually the perch scatter in the brown fish not always but it's big whatever it is i wonder if it's a white fish you caught it gonna be a keeper perch holy nice that's a horse of course that's a real big one he got a minnow in his mouth (laughs) um yeah and you were just you just brought this up random to me randomly to me like two days ago you're like i think i should have fished that flat up on the north side (laughs) or no you you should have fished the big rock big rocks and it just it's it's painful to think about because you know people especially customers they don't think that you have these bad bad days but but you do and you don't just forget about them you forget about the good days sooner than you forget about the bad days yeah i feel guilty Mm -hmm. there's lots of like memes about that like how people uh like when they they're getting ready to fall asleep and their brain immediately goes to like something stupid they said 10 years ago mm-hmm. you know and then they can't fall asleep i think for fishing guides it's like rough trips like oh god that was rough so it happens to everybody yeah i had my why my worst one i think you have to i completely blanked one time last year mm-hmm. that last year is my eighth year guiding last year was the first trip i've ever literally not had a scaly critter other than the ones i brought with come in the boat and uh that was a super tough draw though it was but it like i made some real bad i made some real bad ambitious decisions so (laughs) (laughs) and i tried to like overcome um all of that with like confidence like yeah this will this will work i can do this it did involve like a six mile boat ride on leech with like 25 mile an hour northwest winds launched out of pike Dale. it was rougher than it a was cob. it was the roughest day of my year last year i would say and uh like and then my plan was to pull crankbaits when i got up there which like tough conditions to do that and also if you're not like the best crankbait fisherman <laughs> maybe don't rely on that as your like solution to a already challenging scenario so yeah and you played it you kind of played it conservative which was for sure the right call that day uh, 2090s can handle a lot more than what i was driving last year yeah, i did i mean i got up there safe and sound and my customers were fine with the ride and everything but just wasn't the right call for the day stupid <laughs> just stupid <laughs> don't you ever just look at yourself in the mirror and be like god you're stupid for sure <laughs> yeah I, I rolled out that day and i saw how rough it was i was like there ain't no way i'm going out there even rolling on the east side of bear i knew that was gonna be rough too yeah i just said there's no way we're gonna do that that's right get to do it again that's like the only way to get over it right just go fishing again yeah do you have any good days that stick out um 
it's funny how they like that's the way my brain works is that they i like fade those ones into like one good oh that was a great season (laughs) (laughs) but then the bad ones are you try to drown out the bad stuff yeah but you don't live here anymore (laughs) let's see we had a great fall out there it's hard to not like sort of blend a like at least the season together i did have a fun one um like a one where I felt like I was overcoming stuff on um, Woman, which is a lake I typically jig, windy rig, and jig wrap. That's all I do out, mm-hmm. out, out there usually. And I had an older group of customers, and it was an eight-hour trip, and it was only walleyes. And at like 10.30, we had not caught a walleye. Pretty bluebird, calm day. And uh, we took a bathroom break, and I like didn't have a fix, right? I didn't know what to, yeah, what to do, and brought up like I, I, you know, I think this is like where you need to be honest with folks. I'm like, I think there's a chance we're gonna struggle. Yep. Um, I love, I like walleye fishing. I'll, I'll do this all day, and I, personally, I wouldn't even really mind if we struggled all day like that. I, those experiences are are fine for me when I'm on my own, but this is your time, your money. Do you want to struggle walleye fishing? Because there's a pretty good chance that's what we're going to do. And they said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I hit, hit a new uh, a spot I had like seen some fish on in like May and grafted again. There was some fish on it and uh, cast a jig wrap on top of this little reef and caught a 27 incher on like the second pop. That was the first walleye of the day. And then uh, was pretty concerned about those folks using a jig wrap. This is a story that I know I told last year, but pretty concerned about those folks using a jig wrap. Um, so I said, why don't let's, we'll pull it with rigs one more time. If I catch one more on a jig wrap, then we'll talk about switching over and I'll coach you up on it. And I, the next cast I caught like a 19 or something. So like these folks were a couple of nice fish. I'd like to use the lure that's really? working. <laughs> uh, so we, we sp- spent like a very painful 15 minutes trying to jig wrap. <laughs> With no success? Not, it wasn't going to work. Um, and I pitched a slip bobber on, and it was like a, a pretty steep break, steeper than I usually fish bobbers. Mm-hmm. And that thing went down right away. And then we like had a pretty good slip bobber bite on this break line, which required me, me to like frequently be changing all three lines, you know? The depths of all of them? Yep. And the imaging really helps with that, you know, like you see exactly where they are on the, on the break. And then like, yep. you know, you can better judge how to adjust your depth. And they had, that was a blast. Dead calm at that point. Dead calm at like one o'clock in the afternoon is when we had our best, like, you know, hour of fishing. Catching big fish. And that, I mean, that day, I don't, the reason it sticks out is like overcoming stuff, right? Right. I think the fish number at the end of an eight hour trip was like seven walleyes or something. It's not like. It was an overwhelming number. No. Statistically, it wasn't like one of my better ones, Mm -hmm. but felt good. How about you? You know, it's gonna sound like, uh, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't a guide trip. It was actually. Well, it was the. It was the MWC with you. <laughs> it was. That was one of the most fun two days of fishing mm-hmm. ever. And I've never. 
been in a boat with you where you are seriously driving the boat as fast as you can. <laughs> and you did that for like two days. Yeah. And we were getting over there. I was like, Dan, what do you want me to do? He's like, just shut up and sit there. <laughs> I was going to, I started getting a, rod, a couple rods ready. He's like, just, just don't, just don't touch anything. <laughs> and I was like, man, he's, he's serious about it. But that's what the captain does. I know when I'm in that position, you know, I'm a lot different person when I'm driving the boat than like when I fish with you or when I fish with George. You know, you're, you are, as a co pilot, you are the, you are the calming factor in all that. Yeah. So it was, uh, I mean, I've fished with you quite a bit, and uh, I, I hadn't really seen that side of you. So it was nice to, to see you when you were stressed out, and then to see the relief kind of melt away when you got a full box. Yeah, which was thankfully like 40 minutes after we sat down. 40 minutes? No, not even. Yeah. <laughs> that one was like... That was super fun. I don't know exactly why we had so much fun there, but it was that was a. a it was the first jig bite of the season. It was of the yeah. fall. That was what it was, and you know we caught. We didn't catch the biggest walleyes, but we caught pretty high quality fish, <laughs> and mixing them with big perch and big gators, yeah. And just the sheer amount of bites we got, yeah, was extremely satisfying. Yeah, and to, to think that you know we, I hadn't even pitched a jig for four months we and, and, and we pitched them well yeah and also we uh i i did the pre-fishing mm-hmm. and i didn't i did not pitch a jig at those fish it didn't i like the graph and a jig wrap told me enough on that school that i didn't have to spend a lot of time there um but the combination of and then like when i called you you were immediately when i told you what happened you're like yo we'll be able to I bet we'll be able to pitch jigs at those fish. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I think you're probably right. So we started that morning with you pitching a jig, me fishing a jig wrap. I remember those fish bit so light. I caught that first one from my knees digging for something else, and I was like, well, and I just held it there, and I set the hook from my knees, and I still, even when I set the hook, I wasn't sure if it was a fish because yeah. they just picked it up. Right. And I remember, I, so I caught fish right away because, of, because I, oh, that was a little one. I remember I caught fish right away doing that, and then I got too kind of fired up, so, and I ended up missing fish because I was too aggressive. That's a big fish. Maybe it's another school of perch. But I was too aggressive. Oh, oh, get it, Dan! <laughs> <laughs> Is he still on there? <laughs> just throw the rod right out of my hand. That was not tearing the rod out of your hand. You just straight up <laughs> limp wristed set that hook. <laughs> I'm surprised it wasn't like a tennis screen with it. It was like, <laughs> it was like a five inch perch. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was a good day. Good yeah. couple days. I think we're pro- we probably got to wrap it up. I'm kind of sad to be done with it, but we don't have that much more to talk right. about. Well, we've got plenty to talk about. Plenty to talk about. We we got to space it out though. Yeah. I don't. We don't have a. We're not going to do it every week right now. No, not for another month. Um, I'm out of town next week. Oh <laughs> yeah, we should talk like what's coming up. We talked a little bit about. I assume you want to try to go to the Rainy River with me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's at the end of March, early April. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna fish pool four, I think, in a week. That'll be awesome. I think. Um, I just talked to somebody who was downriver there at a place your buddy likes to fish, and he did really well. Oh, really? Yeah. 
That's exciting. On, to on hear. big Sager. Not not on walleyes, That's but fine. on nice Sagers. That's fine. You know, because pool four Sagers are 18, 20 inches. Right. I could do that almost all day. Oh, I just pulled it away from a nice one. That's that's a nice fish. Do you see it? Not on mine. Oh my god, it's giant. Oh, here he comes. No. You oh, scared there he him. goes. You scared him. Definitely, he got not, definitely not me dropping in and scaring him. No, he showed up he's here and he's I got nothing over here. So pool four. It's just the same as always. Good springtime activity. Pool four. Rainy River. Dead turkeys. <laughs> Crappies. Perch. Walleye opener. Best time of the year. It is. It's it's fun. I think there's there's just so much ambition and excitement for it that you just can't hardly think anything else it's in it's a over overused um analogy or metaphor but i feel i feel like a kid in the spring like i am just so excited <laughs> so excited and I, i'm fine with it i think that's a good way to feel you should want to feel like a kid all right well, what are we going to do when, as soon as we stop recording this show? We have two options, three options. We either stay here, or we go back to the original spot, or we drill this up and... I think we drill it up a little bit. Let's do it. And then, uh... Let's seek them out. Then we'll move. Okay. All right. Well, this has been the first episode of season four of Walleye Talk. I'm Will Newark. I'm Dan Ryan. We'll see you when we see you. Hello?